The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Straight cash, homie. Would you please break a damn story? He took it out. Oh, for you. PFTOT, also PFTPM, Monday edition. Sims is back. Some things we didn't get to during PFT Live or things we'd like to elaborate on. And let's start with this Tom Brady question because it's going to dominate. Until we know what he's going to do in 2020, it's going to dominate the news coverage of the NFL. So I want to start right here. Very simple, Chris. We are one month and a day away from Tom Brady officially becoming a free agent. What is the percentage chance in your mind that he leaves the Patriots as of right now? I'm going to say, as of right now, I'm only going to go 10% chance he leaves. I think it's 90% he ends up back with the Patriots. Again, the Patriots are a really good football team. Yes, they need a weapon or two on the offensive side of the ball and all of that. Josh McDaniels is back. The defense is special. They can win the Super Bowl with the New England Patriots, and I just can't imagine him wanting to uproot his family and just start a new challenge like this this late in his career. So I'm going 90% stay, 10% leave right now. He's already uprooted his family, though. He's left Boston. He's your neighbor in Greenwich. You and Judge Judy and Tom Brady. Which doesn't belong and why? <laughs> yeah, which doesn't belong and why? I can tell you it's me. I have a lot less in the bank account and a lot less brains than either one of them. So that would be me. Thank you. You're also the palest of the three, even after a week in Turks and Caicos. <laughs> Thank you. I'm gonna, I think if it was only 10%, he'd already have a deal. I think the fact that it's gotten to this point necessarily makes it higher. I'm going to go all the way 33 and a third, baby. One in three chance he's going to leave as of right now. And we may have to adjust this barometer every week. What do we feel in a given week about where it stands? But right now I'm saying there's a one in three chance he's going to leave. And I actually think it's kind of higher than that. Um, Because right now he is a free agent as a practical matter. There will be communications, especially in Indianapolis next week, Chris, at the scouting combine between his agent, Don Yee, and teams. And Don Yee will know what's behind door number two. The question becomes at that point, will what's behind door number one from the Patriots be enough to keep Tom Brady around? And that gets into another thing we discussed today, led the show with the report from Larry Fitzgerald Sr. that the Raiders are prepared to offer Tom Brady $60 million over two years What does the mere fact that the Raiders seem to be interested in Tom Brady say about the present and the future of Derek Carr, who not that long ago was the highest paid player in all of football? Yeah, no, I know. You're right. That's uh, that's what gets lost in translation with this conversation a little bit because we get so fascinated about talking about Brady and Vegas and the new stadium and him and Gruden and all those great things which would be amazing. And I certainly, you know, understand all the talk there and, and the want to and why the Raiders would do it. But, yeah, I mean, I just think that with Derek Carr right now, yeah, I'm not so sure where he's, where he stands in John Gruden's mind. You know, as you've heard me say, and we've talked about it, yeah, John Gruden is a quarterback hoarder. 
He is. He is Porter. And I just don't know where he stands. And he's really never happy with a quarterback unless they're bringing him to the playoffs and doing special things. I mean, that was the only year he was somewhat off of my back was when we went to the playoffs and I had some comeback wins. And I think he saw my leadership and things like that. But other than that, he's not happy. And he's always looking for replacements, let alone is Derek Carr the type of leader John Gruden wants to drive his Ferrari, right? As we talk about, it's like a shiny new car for John Gruden. Is he that guy? I'm just not so sure. You know, I I don't know. I don't know if he thinks Derek Carr's willing enough to just hit it in sixth gear every now and then and rip around the corner and go 150 miles per hour down the highway if he's got to, right? He won't open it up that way. Maybe he's too careful with it. I don't know. But it definitely seems like it's a questionable fit between Derek Carr and John Gruden. You got me curious now. You took the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to the playoffs 2005. Yeah. What did John Gruden say to you after – the Buccaneers lost that game. What did he say? Was he nice or was he negative? He was nice. He was nice. He was, you know, not only said a few nice things to me, but said some other things to coaches like my quarterback coach and just to pass along little messages about how he had respect what I had done that year. So, yeah, is this, you know, about flirting with Brady to get people to buy into the Raiders in Las Vegas? Are they lighting a fire under Derek Carr to piss him off so maybe he is the leader Gruden wants him to be? Are they going to bring somebody like Andy Dalton in anyways, even if they don't bring a Brady in, just to keep a fire under Derek Carr's butt to be like, hey, you better pick it up, and if you don't play great, we got a guy here that's ready to go. There's a lot of different ways I could see this Raiders situation working out. I just remember last year before the draft, GM Mike Mayock was as candid as I've ever heard an NFL executive or coach be regarding a quarterback and regarding the effort to upgrade at the quarterback position. They had been looking at Kyler Murray and Dwayne Haskins, and Mike Mayock said, hey, it's our obligation to constantly be looking to upgrade the team, including quarterback. And if there's a better option out there, we have to go for it. And I feel like that mindset is constantly churning for the Raiders, and they're constantly looking for an upgraded quarterback. And I think that they're going to find when there's enough quarterbacks this year. We've talked about Ryan Tannehill. I think he's an upgrade over Derek Carr especially because he's got the mobility. I could see John Gruden watching the film this year of Ryan Tannehill playing for the Titans and being almost as smitten with him as he is with video of Tom Brady walking on the sidelines. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked with that either. I don't put anything past Gruden when he feels like his team, his offense didn't meet his expectations. Now, the other thing I'll say that we got to be careful about a little bit with Derek Carr. I mean, Derek Carr did do some good things last year and certainly didn't have weapons around him either, a la like a Tom Brady in New England. You know, you know, they were expecting, like Brady, was to have Antonio Brown feature him around the offense, do those type of things. They didn't have that. That threw a big, you know, wrench in, in their plan altogether. So I, it's just it's interesting. I think Gruden will exhaust all options to see if he could significantly improve the position at quarterback. Um, and then if he doesn't, I think, find something significant, I think I guess my heart tells me that he'll stick with Derek Carr, but this will be the do-or-die year for sure. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with it being do-or-die if Carr gets one more year. I'm just not sure he's getting I one know, more I'm year. I know, I'm not sure that, either. That, that house next door to John Gruden's in Las Vegas, Derek Carr may never have to actually worry about John Gruden constantly spying on all of his activities because Derek Carr may never actually live there. All right. 
the NFL and the NFL Players Association working toward a new CBA. I have a feeling it's going to get done. Now and they one do One of it. the facets, one of the facets, Chris, the marijuana policy would be dramatically gutted. They're not going to get rid of it because they got to save face here. They're not just going to say, smoke them if you got them. But the window that currently goes from April 20, yes, 420 until early August for your once per year test, that would be shrunken down to two weeks. So basically you need to stay away from the wacky tobacco for six weeks out of the year, four weeks before the window opens and then up to six weeks because maybe you get tested the first day. So it's four weeks in one day right. and you can go back to the turkey bag as they call it and knock yourself out for the full year. That's one facet of this and the other side of it. And I haven't seen the details, but I'm told that the punishment would be dramatically reduced as well, that you would have to have repeated, repeated, repeated violations before you get suspended, or you'd have to have a violation of the law that basically amounts to possession with intent to deliver, right. not just normal possession, because, look, guys are going to have it from time to time in jurisdictions where uh, it's not legal, and it's a slap on the wrist now. It's a, it's a parking ticket in a lot of these places where they still criminalize it. So that is coming. That's one of the inducements for the players to agree to a 17-game schedule and, uh, you know, it's about time. Yeah. It's about time. The NFL's right. held on to this way too long. They look stupid. They look foolish. And uh, this is a great opportunity for the league to look like it's not out of touch. Right. And for the players to have a little more freedom to use marijuana if they choose to. Yeah, that's right. I, I think there's more good at this than, than bad, certainly. And certainly more good compared to the situation right now. I mean, yes. You know, again, you know, early, mid-April, you're starting workouts. You're starting practices, things like that. I mean, what do you want guys to jump into the opioid thing when they have a little pulled muscle or this or that? The marijuana, again, is a better option. You're going to have – Less players missing time because of this. I mean, hey, we miss a few stars that make the league better on a year-to-year basis because of the marijuana policy. And I think ultimately this will be a lot easier for players to swallow. Listen, as I've told you, I was in the drug program because of marijuana. And the biggest issue was because of what you said. That April to August window, I was always like, damn. I mean, I got to go five months here maybe without smoking? Are you kidding me? And I would push the limit. So I would go, ah, what's another week? They're not going to get me right when I come back. And, you know, I, I pushed the limit here and there. And, of course, got busted and in trouble that way. So this will make it a lot better. And, yeah, hopefully if guys do fail it, right, Mike, when I failed it, I had to go into the drug program for two years. And you're on parole. I mean, when you when you go to another town or city, you got to call the NFL. I'm going to be here at this address. This is the number you can get me because they're going to come drug test you when you're on the road too, you know. And it's a pain in the butt. And we know some of the positives about marijuana, and they're certainly better than the opioids and other avenues you could take to making your body feel better. So I'm glad to see this being done. What's the most inconvenient circumstance you were in when you got the call that it was time to go provide a urine sample oh, for marijuana testing? Yeah, it was always the worst when I was with my mom and my dad, right, up in New Jersey. I mean, you know, nobody wants, you know, to, to have your mom and dad see you like, oh, Christopher, some man's here from the NFL. I don't know what he wants. He's here for a drug they test. Come to your, they came to Phil's house? They did once, yes, until I called the NFL and said, okay, no longer come to my house. We need to find somewhere else where I can meet the drug tester. And then I went to like a motel that was like 10 minutes from my parents' house. But that was always uncomfortable. You know, there was a moment, too, I can't remember what it was. I was getting ready to go see a movie with my wife, bought the tickets to the movie, had just bought the popcorn, we're about to walk in the theater. The drug tester calls me, and once they call you, you have four hours. And I just told, looked at my wife, and I was like, oh, my gosh, honey, 
forget it. I was like, let's just go back and do it. We'll come see the movie tomorrow. I, I can't sit here and enjoy the movie knowing that this guy's going to be, you know, punching the clock, waiting for me. And I just went back and took the damn test. Now I'm intrigued. What movie did you not see? I, I couldn't remember what it was. I, I know I had this conversation, oddly enough, the other day. I can't remember what it was, but instead of the movie, I was back home in my bathroom with my pants below my knees and my shirt off and having a guy look at my junk as I peed into a, a cup. <laughs> <laughs> and and to think your wife didn't choose to just stay and watch the movie why don't you just let her stay i'll pick you up afterwards i don't know i, I don't know i don't know all right <laughs> all right uh last topic of the day armando Soguero, the miami herald reports that the dolphins are warming up to the idea of justin herbert the oregon quarterback because look the dolphins want joe burrow yeah. i'm convinced of that right but the bengals you know even if it's the best thing for them to trade down to five and get a bunch of extra picks they may not be inclined to do it uh, and, and, you know, I had been thinking Tua to the Dolphins at number five. You look at Justin Herbert, Chris, you've got Washington at two, Lions at three, Giants in four. Not that any of those three teams would draft Justin Herbert, but those are prime trade opportunities. Yeah, that's right. Where uh, somebody else could jump up to get him. Right. It may be that the Dolphins are going to have to jump from five to two to get Justin Herbert. I, I, I would not be shocked. I think Justin Herbert is going to continue. You know, I know you've heard me talk about him a little is going to continue to open eyes up here through the evaluation process. You know, he's a talent that is worthy of a top two or three pick, in my in my opinion. And again, I haven't studied these quarterbacks yet on film, but from what I've seen on TV, people I trust, you know, the talent level to me is superstar-type talent. Now, he was in a crappy offense in Oregon, and they had an offensive line coach who was, you know, in charge of their offense, and it wasn't pretty, their passing game. But the talent is got the potential to be a superstar game-changing type talent. And I think as people continue to go through this, that yes, he could be that guy that somebody trades up to number two or three to take him to make him the future going forward. Yeah, I, I, I think that you know the bottom line is somebody's going to have to get up that high. The question is going to be for Washington, do they want Chase Young? Yeah. Or do they want all the extra picks they can get right. if they would slide down a couple of spots in the draft? Yeah, that's a and, big one. And really, five is the is the highest that they would drop down to. Uh, I think that's the first team that would move up to number two. The Giants or the Lions aren't going to want to move up to number two unless they decide they really, 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 really want Chase Young. But Washington's in a great spot. And they can really parlay this thing into a lot of picks, especially if there's a, a, a big buzz for Justin right. Herbert. It's the flip side of what happened eight years ago when Washington ultimately gave up three first-round picks and a second-round pick to move from six to two. They gave up the sixth overall pick plus two other first-round picks plus a second-round pick to move up to get RG3. So, you know, it would be their, their way of a little turnabout uh, for what happened to them when they gave up all that and it didn't work out. Well, yeah, you're right. And, 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 and you know, to, to the, the, the greater point with Washington, like you're talking about with pick number two, too. Yeah, okay, yes, you would lose Chase Young if you trade out of that. You know, and this is still early and I don't know, but if there's another pass rusher that we are looking at that comes about here and when I get in the, like, is the kid from Penn State, I know they got a top-tier pass rusher. Is he worthy maybe of the number five or six pick? Then it might be easier to trade down, right, to just go, okay, hey, we could still get a position we want. Ryan Kerrigan is on his last leg, and I don't mean last leg, but certainly had one of the, the more poor years of his career last year and not the guy he once was. If they really wanted that position, 
you know, it's going to be about what is there to be had. And maybe is there a guy that's okay, maybe not Chase Young, but just a smidgen below it. You might be able to swallow. Okay, we'll trade down and get a bunch of picks and still get a position and a player that we really like. You got to take that into into account as well. All right, we've covered plenty of ground. That's all we can do for today. We'll be back Tuesday morning with another edition of PFT Live. A new Chris Sims unbuttoned coming later today. Now that he is back, rested, fit, and not tan from his week in Turks and Caicos. How dare you. Enjoy Chris Sims unbuttoned. How dare you, sir. We'll see you on Tuesday. Everybody have a great day. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.